Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Yes, that bass player rides up the yeah. neck of his bass. Twiddling round. It's the afternoon here on 3 Triple RFM. It's 12.03 here in this afternoon on this Sunday, mm. in this period of time where we are living in 2020. Hasn't been a great year so far, has it? We've had the bushfires and now we mm-hmm. have global pandemic. I wonder what uh, autumn will bring. Hopefully a bit of reprieve. Mushrooms. Yes. Be good. Mushroom risottos. We might need the special ones. <laughs> just quietly, just saying. Not that we condone that sort of behaviour. Big well, ups to the well, scientists, we should say. Big what ups we, to the scientists. All, t- all two of them. They've just walked out. Um, yeah, and that's a, that's a case in point that we should um, actually talk about. Yes. Um, I would like to compliment uh, the uh, the good folk here at 3RRR, yes. our, our helmsmen, shall we call them. Yes. The helmsmen who've said, um, well, we the situation is in flux. Um, hmm. We are reviewing our protocols. We have our protocols reviewed right to the time if there is a government lockdown. Yes. Don't need to talk about what we need to do then. But we were advised, weren't we, Matt, about yes. guests? Yeah. Keep them on the phone. Yeah, keep them on the phone. Which has created kind of a strange vibe here in East Brunswick. Um, <laughs> because you were saying, you know, if you, if you think back to Radiothon time, we say this every year, the first thing Whoa. is whenever we open the mics on Radiothon shows, like, oh, it's so busy and there's so many people here. It's I such mean. a party and there's cupcakes. <laughs> And stuff and people and and smiling faces and, and all your smiling faces mm. from the Triple R community. But mm-hmm. uh, because we've wanted to be safe and the protocols dictate that, uh, we've been asked to say no live guests. No, we'll just do them on the phone. It's just you and me, mate. Through the miracle. That, yeah, but it means when we walk in, I don't think I've ever seen the station this uh, empty on a Sunday. So it's kind of an interesting vibe for you and I sitting here in our little soundproof container in East Brunswick. It's an antonym to the radio thing. It is. As, it is. Uh, as I have actually said. So, um, yeah, here we are. You're listening to Edith. Over the years, one of the main parts the backbone mm-hmm. of this show the, mm-hmm. the thing that it all pretty much hangs off as well as john at the market is uh is the very very fact that we reflect and we have celebrated the hospitality industry the yes. restaurants the chefs um the distillers yeah and the, the winemakers the suppliers and exactly all those sort of um those sort of people and Maybe what we need to do, and I, I wanted to do at the, the very top of this show, mm. is to just acknowledge um, the is peril. Too much of am I well, being I think, I'm I, being too emotive by saying I think what the difficulties that we are about to sorry over to you, Matt. And I think what we're seeing is just a lot, probably more anxiety around yes. the general populace than we've seen probably any event in my life outside of, you know, wars and things like that. So, But, but the wars were never really a problem because we, um, we privatised that off to, uh, to people that went and fought those. Yes. So, so we haven't – well, maybe when I was a very, very little kid, I saw um, the fear in the eyes of an 18-year-old who mm-hmm. was 
uh, I was 11. I was looking up at this guy and he was 18. So he was a big kid. Well, he was a man. Mm. And I remember he had just been conscripted and I saw fear in his eyes. Mm. But as you said, we haven't experienced anything like this. Not really. And so, you know, what we want to talk about today uh, with our guests and uh, with ourselves is just the impact on the hospitality industry and what we can do to... Uh, obviously keep everyone as safe as they need to be, but also support um, that industry because uh, it's, it's very, very important that uh, businesses like that keep running for, for many reasons. Because these are all, um, un- unless we have those big ones that, as, you, as we were talking off air, that are uh, embraced by a corporate structure, you know, the, yes. the big restaurant the groups. Big, the big restaurant chains yeah. can probably handle a, a financial loss over a year or two without necessarily going bust whereas the majority of places that you probably eat it's you know a cafe or a, a restaurant it's probably privately owned these are small business owners they are yeah indeed who um let's face it they haven't got the the huge cash 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 reserves no and um there are dark times ahead and we've seen and the the quite understandable cancelling of a lot of events coming up so obviously the Grand Prix um, has a large hospitality impact, and um, Melbourne Food and Wine Melbourne Festival, Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, Melbourne Comedy Festival, and so there are a lot of uh, businesses reliant on these sorts of events to to make a buck and, and keep themselves going each year. And as you were saying to me before, mm, was the, I the the yes you were okay. about um, <laughs> about a certain cheese producer who yes. had these cheese um, uh, events that had come up, so they'd ramped up the production. Yes, actually, actually, and the, the company we're talking about is, I'm just going to look at my screen, it it is uh, Boat Shed Cheese down there in Mornington Peninsula, and they posted a couple of days ago that um, they, as you say... What did you say that was called again? Boat Shed Cheese. Boat and Shed they Cheese. They ramped up production mm-hmm. uh, for these festivals that are now cancelled, and so they had to post on Facebook and said, hey, if anyone wants some cheese, geez, we've got a lot of it. Yes. Um, and I'm happy to say that they posted a day later and said, thank you so much for your support, um, and they're processing lots of orders, which is really, really good. And I would um, probably say to any primary producer, if you find yourself in that situation, social media, not a bad place to try and get some support along those lines, because I think there's a lot of goodwill and there's a lot of people who let's face it are pretty anxious maybe about where their next yes two weeks worth of food's coming from so if yes. you if you want if you've got a surplus of something um mm. it's probably a good place to post and, and try and get some community support and maybe this is one of the times where we really do see social media being used as a power for good yeah this isn't cambridge analytica <laughs> no. um this isn't uh, trolls mm-hmm. uh that frequent this you know the trolls under the bridge metaphorically speaking yes um but it also i've seen a couple things just last night which um i've got to say really really inspired me because mm. uh, some people just um step up mm. I think would be uh, the, the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. One of those I want to um, send a bit of a bouquet to mm-hmm. is uh, the Godfather, Raymond Capaldi. Uh, if you don't know Raymond Capaldi, he was probably the father of molecular 
uh, gastronomy here in Melbourne. Yes. He's a curmudgeon of a Scot, yes. it has to be said. I don't think he would mind us saying No, that. he wouldn't. He'd go, ah, that's right. He's, and he's currently... He's giving me a hug. He's uh, currently making a whole pile of pies, uh, so he's increasing yeah. uh, his Wonder Pies business across Melbourne. He's he opened is. a new place this weekend. But, he is as um, well, but uh, my point was, mm. just uh, I really wanted to make, was the fact is, as well as being um, a, a big old curmudgeon and someone who doesn't <laughs> suffer fools in any way, no, shape or form, true. and I would have hated to have split a creme anglaise in the, back in the day with him <laughs> because uh, the scars would have been deep. Um, but he has come out um, as... Um, well, what do we call him? Um, a great patriarch of, of the industry. And he has said his advice is all he can say is, actually, well, didn't his first mm. person, all I can say is be positive. I hear you. It's hard, but more than ever. Talk out loud. Ask for help. Listen to your other hospitality people, not the fuckwits. Just <laughs> ring if there is anything anyone can do. Let's do it in force. Stay focused. Call a friend. Here, here, right? Raymond Capaldi. So mm. if you want to go and check that post out, Raymond Capaldi Consultancy. Um, the other one which I just wanted to highlight was also uh, Dan Hunter. Yes. So where's Dan Hunter? Just he, to ask the Dorothy Dixit for you, Matt. He runs a uh, restaurant out uh, called Bray in Birigara, and he's a. It's not bad, is it? It's 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 all right. <laughs> it goes all right, and he's a uh, big supporter of this station too. Yes, we should add and all around, Hi, Dan, if you're listening, all around good human. Yeah, and um, he his um, uh, Instagram post was about that how a lot of guests have made contact with him mm -hmm. about. Uh, whether or not uh, Dan and his crew down there at Bray will be honouring bookings in the coming weeks. And he said, yes, Bray will remain open and we will honour reservations as long as it is recommended and safe for our staff and visitors. The advice at the moment is that it is safe to visit restaurants in Victoria. And um, he goes on to say that, you know, as a small 40-seater restaurant, mm -hmm. um, they are doing all they can to keep the staff well yep. safe to limit contamination through their hygienic responses yes lots of hand washing lots of disinfecting including doorknobs mm. think about that i hadn't uh, actually <laughs> thought about that um so good on you dan hunter yeah he, he. um and that brings us to cliche <laughs> the elephant in the room. Yes. The thing that we really need to mm -hmm. be discussed. The thing that has not been acknowledged enough by this government, mm -hmm. which is all these people mm -hmm. in casual work. Yep. The gig economy. Yep. The underemployed. Yep. The ones who are facing economic peril. Yes. What do we do? What are you going to do? And there well, was a, there was a stimulus package announced what earlier this week, but three to four of those dollars went straight to businesses. Now some restaurants yep. will will be able to take advantage of that, and that's that's great. Yep. But there was nothing in there for casual workers, yep. and there was nothing in there for sole traders. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why you know I I opened by saying if you if you normally pop across the road when you're at work and buy a coffee, keep doing that because the person who owns that cafe and the person who's pouring that shot um, needs that. Otherwise, quite apart from any health concerns, they're not going to be able to pay their rent, which is how this sort of crisis can snowball into something that goes far beyond 
Yeah, not, uh, many, not, not everybody has mortgages. and uh, there or are savings to dip into. Or God, savings. God, who has savings? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was hearing about um, uh, people. There's all these gigs have been cancelled. Comedy yep. Festival? Yep. So all the people back of house. Yep. Um, that of um, that need those gigs mm-hmm. to survive, and um, as well as using um, the power of the social media for all your restaurateurs to talk to each other, I think we need to agitate um, using social media. That we need a better response from yeah, our government. I to, would agree. Yes, um, I think there needs to be rent amnesties mm-hmm. uh, because. Okay, I'll put it to myself. I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay the rent mm. for the next foreseeable future. Because there's no there's no gigs. Because <laughs> this is this is what I do yeah. outside of doing this on the show. And mm-hmm. I, I promised I wasn't going to talk about my own situation, but um, I empathise with um, a lot of you people that are out there. Mm. Is there much more we can really say about this, Matt? I was just going to also, also by- add, uh, on, you, you came in via the Vic Market. We're going to be hearing from John as normal, I did. a little yes. later on. Um, and I, you know, I actually do have some sympathy for people going to supermarkets and emptying shelves. I kind of get the uncertainty that if you were... The bunker mentality. I kind of get it. Like people are saying, oh, idiots. But you know, if, if you have to isolate for two weeks, then I kind of get, oh, I don't have two weeks worth of food, so what do you do? But yes. you came from the Queen Vic Market. The Vic Market is full of food. There is no... Uh, suggestion that this crisis even if it worsens is going to impact farming or you know on a mass scale farming or ability to put fresh food food on the table so i i just think it's worth keeping that into perspective that yes. um as long as farming and transport uh stays alive and there's no reason why it wouldn't um you know i don't think we need to be that anxious about putting food on the table yes um what we have been remiss on doing mm. is Giving an introduction to the show and oh, letting yeah, people know, hey, hey, how you doing? This, this program's called Eat It. You're listening to 3 RFM. I'm Matt Stedman. You? i got to be Cameron Smith. Yeah, that's you. I'm still Cam Smith. What's on the show, Cam? Other well, than 15 minutes of us um, ruminating around the current events. Ruminating. Yes, <laughs> nice nice use of the word ruminate. Well, um, Matt Mac. Cannell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt McConnell, you're yeah, talking Matt, about. Matt McConnell. <clears throat> of Barlarinia. Mm. Um, here, we're going to have a quick chat to him. Yes. He's had a magical mushroom experience. Has he? Yes. Right. We'll find out about that. Um, as well as um, he's he's been to the market and he's got some food and he's coming back to have a nice whole barbecue. Yep. We're going to have a chat about that. We have a long market report with John because... Um, I don't know. In these uncertain times, it's nice to have a little bit of a continuation of things that mm. you are familiar with. And yeah. so many people say, yeah, the show's all right, but John is awesome. <laughs> yes. So we're going to have a nice chat with John at the market. And then um, drinks to have um, uh, while you're feeling not that great. Or Feels like we kind of need a drink. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah we, we do. So uh, we're going to have a chat to the very, very lovely Trish Brew. Trish Brew used to be uh, at Gin Palace. Yes. Um, had worked her way through the ranks of Gin Palace uh, to become one of the linchpins mm-hmm. of that august organisation mm-hmm. and has gone out and she now peddles Uptown carbonated beverages, and we're mm. talking fever tree. Yes, uh, fever tree beverages, and we're just going to leave that alone. We're going to put that to one side. The name of the <laughs> the beverage company, but uh, we're going to have a very quick chat at the end of the show to yeah. Trish, who's going to talk us about how do we make something delicious at home, which will lift 
our spirits. Yeah. It is 12.18 here on 3 Triple RFM. Matt, take it away. We're going to pay some mortgage. Who was that guy? I don't know, something about mushrooms. Ah, and there's a bit of a theme. <laughs> we have a theme developing as uh, we go by the phone because um, there ain't nobody else in here. No. So we've got Matt McConnell. Matty, how you doing, mate? Hey, Cam. Pretty good, mate. I wish I was in there because there was promises of... Uh, Booze. Drinks, yeah, drinks tr- later. Trish is going to come in. Did you ever another, go to the you ever go to the gin palace? Spoiler by the corona. What's that? You yeah, ever go to the gin course. palace and get uh, served by Trish? Of course you did. She's yeah. uh, she's a legendary figure, and so are you. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you. You've just where, where have you been today? Uh, just done, done a quick little rounds out and about. So Pran Market um, picked up a few bits and bobs. Yes. Lighting the barbecue as we speak. Um, so he's got the marinade on. And we'll be cooking after as soon as we finish this conversation, I reckon, Cam. Sounds like a good thing. And we um, yeah. we need to probably just position you, of course, Matt and uh, Joe, uh, the faces, the people, the instigators of eating at the bar at Barlurinia down there in Little Collins Street. Yeah. Or up in Little Collins Street because it's up on the top of the hill, up. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, damn right. So... Um, how oh no, actually, I'm not going to go into that. Tell us a little bit about <laughs> we've we've done all that in the intro, I think, and we yeah, we've done enough of, of and that. Thanks a lot for for that support, Cam. Like you and Matt do an amazing job at you know keeping you know um, information real. Um, it's valid for our our industry, and it's really important for our industry to have people like you um, backing it up. So good good job guys oh well that's that's very kind of you but then yeah. i also kick that down to the very very amazing raymond capaldi in that uh, instagram post that he did because i i read Great that words. about 11:30 yeah. last night and i went jesus yeah. you're a class act raymond capaldi you really really yeah. are yeah great great words absolutely yeah. but yeah. Uh, Let's uh, let's lighten it up a little bit and say sure. you um you had an interesting experience where you went out looking for mushrooms because this is sort of this time of year yeah so I've, I've obviously i've picked mushrooms probably for the last 20 odd years since i, I very first met cameron russell who <laughs> who showed me the ropes yeah, and um whose ad we it, just I heard have, I, I, I have picked um mushrooms in march before but never on the labor day weekend so um there had been a few photos circulating out on social media of mushrooms so hopped in the car up to the usual spot with the family, um, which is always a nice little drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't divulge. Can you just say um, how how <laughs> how far how long did it take you to travel there? It's about ninety five k's from Melbourne. Okay, Ooh, that, that, was, right. that was more info than I thought you were going to. I was just going to say yeah. a rough time. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Somebody yeah. will be getting the compass um, out and going. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yep. Um, so obviously. Um, Pine Plantation is where you usually head to for, for the most abundance of mushrooms. And um, this one particular spot where we've been going to for the last few years. Yes. Um, had been logged over summer. No so way. we turned up, we were completely devastated. Our favourite spot um, was no longer available were to the, us. Were so, the kids um, weeping? Oh, we all kind of were a little bit. The dog, the dog was having a cry in the back as well, so we are all a bit sad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, especially after an hour or so in the car, you're just like, oh, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah come on. So we, we dove, drove a little bit deeper um, through a few paddocks and went right, right in through a little bit of um, 
um, wild bushland and, and came across another patch of um, pine that we'd never come across before, um, and it hadn't been hadn't been logged yet, so uh, it was still pristine in perfect conditions. Um, the, the temperature outside was like around about thirteen or fourteen degrees when we were there, so mm. obviously lots and lots of rain over over the summer period. Um, so the, the the ground was feeling really, really moist. There's a great humidity in the air. And so we wandered off into this spot thinking, well, we'll just toss the coin. If Give it, it a go. If it works out, it works out. But all, all of the conditions seemed like they were right. And then as we walked in, we walked into this beautifully um, moss-covered, um, carpeted floor of the forest. And uh, about 20 metres away, we just had this kind of epiphany of the ray of light, sh- light shining through the trees and hitting the first, the first bright orange pine mushroom of the season for oh us, and it was like, Ta-da! I was we just going to do that myself. I was going to go, you almost you need, done it better. It was like a, it, you, we needed like the choir in a 1950s religious, you know, religious movie yeah, starring was, Anthony it, Quinn or something like that. <laughs> yep. yeah, it, was, it was really, it was really quite, kind of one of those moments, and we probably walked... Um, about 300 metres in from the road to, at this stage to yes. find that first one. So we were kind of getting a little bit, oh, this isn't going to work out. But as soon as we saw that one, moved a little bit left and right in a bit further into the forest, and then it was just an abundance of really beautiful, absolutely pristine um, quality mushrooms um, and a really good abundance. Not I'm not talking like the mother load, but um, yeah. we still probably came away with about, three to four kilos of um, beautiful pines, a couple of slippery jacks, which were looking just um, just perfect, that, that beautiful little bulbous um, tube, beautiful covering over the top, and, and that sort of sort of not over-matured age spot where you get the right um, combination of flavour and also the texture of that mushroom as well. So and of we course, got all of those up. Of course, um, Matt, you would have um, used a knife to, to the cut them. No, hang about. I've just, I just got to, just as a little thing so that people, if they do do it, you never pull up a mushroom by the roots. You always slice it, don't you? Absolutely. And Absolutely. I've got a five-year-old and an eight-year-old who know exactly how to do it as well. Yeah. Um, both Remy and Dion are very, very fond um, mushroom collectors and have their own little pocket knife as well, which is pretty exciting for them. Um, but, but also love uh, getting out and walking amongst the trees as well. My so first knife. Pretty much every box. Okay. Now, Matt, in the, yeah. about the uh, minute that we have left, yes. we need for you to describe how Matt McConnell would, uh, <laughs> would cook such a beautiful pine mushroom and bring out those flavours. What are the things that... What what do, what do pine mushrooms love flavour wise? Uh, look, garlic, wine, citrus. Garlic um, citrus. I what what I did with this one was I just um, I just cooked them all up together. So I cleaned them, did a rough chop. Yep. I broke down almost a head of celery, mm. it down with garlic, Ooh, wow. lots of salt, lots of pepper, and then piled the mushrooms in and just kept sweating and sweating and sweating. So all this liquid started to come out. I got a really good glug of um, dry wine, oh. dry white. Yes. A big pinch of um, dried chili flake Ooh. as well. Yeah. Um, just to, just to really kind of um, push out a bit of extra flavour out of them. Yes. Uh, and cook that really, really, really um, slowly. Probably took about forty five to fifty minutes. Oh wow. I was happy for yeah. that liquid to really just come together and just get a softening of the of the pine mushroom, and then um, took it off the heat, grated two lemons into it, 
I picked a big handful of parsley out of the garden and chopped that into it. And what was the last thing I did? A big chunk of manchego and just hey! uh, microplane, really, really fine bit of manchego through that. So it created this really, really wild kind of gloopy, sticky texture. And then I stuffed it inside a little pastry and baked them at the bar, which we've sold out of, of course. But um, hopefully heading up tomorrow to get a couple more for the week to come. All right. So um, head on Same down positive. to Ballerina. Yeah. Um, what number is that on uh, Little Collins Street? 37 Little Collins Street. What a great address yep. you have, and you've had for many, many years. We're going to have to fly. Thank you for Absolutely brightening great. up our day. I still have that image of you walking on moss, <laughs> uh, moss floor and sunshine and Anthony Quinn's choir. Going, <laughs> Wah! You found it. Uh, bon appetit. Thanks, Cam. Hopefully see, see you guys soon. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Then there we go. We've yeah. gone away. We're back in the studio. It's just you and I. We're going to play some music. You said, Ken, this reminded you of sitting in the lounge room <laughs> yes. in the mid-70s watching Countdown. Yeah. It's kind of got that vibe to it. It's a new one from US Girls, Four American Dollars. Yeah, everybody, put your hands in the air. John Paul <laughs> Young's going to be on with his new song after this. I just thought I'd let it establish a little bit, John, because in these times it's nice to have a little bit of a voice of continuity, a little bit of, you know, in this thing of change, here we are. John, a very, very good afternoon to you. A very good afternoon to you too in this crazy world of ours that's going on. Uh, it's unbelievable. We, we just had a little bit of a chat about things. Yeah. That I went to the supermarket and there's no potatoes, no onions, no paper, no, no bread, milk. no milk. Yeah. We wanted some milk and lucky we've got a couple of litres to stretch over a few days. But if yeah. not, you've got to get there at the right time. Yeah. But Do you know anyone who's got a cow? Yeah, I wish, mate. Yeah. I'd be making some butter too. Yeah. Because I've what. been brought up on handmade butter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I keep saying to people, we were busy yesterday, but it just our regulars buying their staples for the week. There's an abundance of everything in the market and people keep saying to me, oh, we heard you're going to close in two weeks. It can't happen. The farmers have to pick no. their produce. No. They have to sell their produce. We have to eat. I'm not going to eat canned beans or... Forever? Yeah, well, not ever for once, mate. Whoa! Whoa, we, get we, out of here! We, we bought uh, some you, beautiful bolognese. You don't canned beans? I do, but yeah. when, when I uh, have the hankering or when I have to, mm. if not, we eat fresh. Yeah. I bought some beautiful fresh bolotis last week. Oh, they look, yeah, yeah. I didn't sell all of them, mm. but I let them sit. And when I didn't sell them yesterday, they were a little bit drier because mm. they ripen up. I open them up into a bag into the freezer. Yep. And then we have pasta and beans, we have soup, we have minestrone. Can, can we just describe quickly Borlotti just in case people haven't seen them? They Borlotti, are the ones that look like... Little pearls. They are, have a magenta colour on the skin. Little flesh. And they're speckled. And you can buy them dry too. I sort of look at them as sort of the opals of the bean world. Yeah, definitely. And, and they're such a, a, a beautiful um, vegetable. Yes. They're very good for you because they've got a lot of fibre, they've got a lot of vitamins, they've got a lot of flavour, mm. they've got an interesting colour because mm. when they're raw they've got a beautiful colour, when you cook them they go brown but still that's part of it, you know, it's part of and healthy winter eating sort of thing. And they also go into the famous dish which I know you speak of and Italians speak of with oh, reverence and they go, say it, 
pasta fagioli. Pasta and beans, yeah. you know. And I said to my mum yesterday, I said, Mum, you're 86, you should stop making handmade pasta, but you keep doing it. And, and she makes a pasta which you roll with a finger, and it's not easy to do. We call it a cavatelli. Oh, cav- or, cavatelli, yeah, yeah. oh my God. Um, that's a she, real knack to get that it is, perfect. Because she's got a rolling pin that's a metre and a half long, like the Japanese. <laughs> it's technique. Yeah, there's, um, there's no pasta machine at your place. Oh, there well, is, there is, but, but it, she yeah, mainly she's uses quicker. This she's giant... quicker. Wow. Much quicker. Yeah. I said to her, make some uh, tagliatelle, which is a long pasta, like a ribbon, mm-hmm. and we'll have a soupy pasta and beans. The best thing to pick you up, especially if it's cold, it really warms you up because you eat it very, very hot. Mm. And if you put a little bit of chilli, it's hotter again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. And what are we talking the, What sort of chilies are your place? Well, very quickly, um, what sort of chilli? Fresh chilli, dried chilli? Bit, chili of, bit of everything. I, if we got fresh chilli, I'll chop uh, four little um, chilies. They're like a bird's eye. Uh, they actually grow upwards, which is unreal. Uh, I chop four of them into the bottom of the plate, put a little bit of sauce on it just to get the oil and that out of the chilli, and then I put the pasta on top, mix it up, and then go for it. Whoa! Yeah, and it really, it really gets you going. It, <laughs> the um, Eastern uh, culture, I reckon, it gives you that inner warmth, which is good. Everything wakes up, says, yeah. hey, here it comes. Yeah. Let's a, do our job. And a chemical thing in the brain that it releases endorphins. Yes, it does, it does. And it's good for you as well. Yeah. So we do that sometimes. If not, we just have it without the chilli. Yeah, so there you go. And also, uh, when we're talking about, uh, back to the Borlotties, because they're in as well. And one thing that uh, could be a really, really good thing to make is the minestrone. Make a huge pot of minestrone. Yes. And freezes well too. Yes, and actually, while we're talking about the minestrone, uh, I've got this Savoy cabbage. Now, with the minestrone, you put the beans in and... um, we have this Savoy. Now, the outer leaves, we normally throw it away. Now, the northern Italians, they grow these cabbages and it's extremely cold up there in the winter. And my mum reckons they can even grow under the snow. Um, so they get wow. the outer leaf and they chop it really fine and throw it in on top at the end and you get a little bit more body, a little bit more colour and a little bit more flavour. Get a little bit of crunch. Yeah, a bit of crunch as well. So that changes your minestrone um, or soup or whatever and makes it a little bit better. Yeah, so uh, very, very quickly, because you know this, folks, but we'll tell you anyway. Um, The two different sort of European-style cabbages that we're looking at, we've got the drumhead, which is the smooth leaf, and then the savoy, which is a little bit mottled. Um, a different texture. Wrinkly leaves Wrinkly more leaves. than anything. Yeah. We've given up on the plain cabbage because... Really? Yeah, sometimes it's dry, sometimes it's bitter. Nah. Whereas I find the Savoy, when it's fresh, it's nice and juicy. When it's week older, it's a little bit drier. Mm. I don't mind eating old cabbage. If anything, it gets better with age. The sugars come out of it. It's, it's Cabbages can be so sweet. Yes. So, you know, even if it's been in the fridge a week, it's beautiful. You chop it up and you make a coleslaw or you pan fry it or whatever. It's just so good to deal with. And and a lot of people are forgetting about cabbages, which is tragic, because now a lot of people go for convenience. They buy the Chinese cabbages, but they're full of water. So They fall over real quick, They they they? do. They fall over real quick. If you cook them the right way, there's nothing wrong with that, because we eat bok choy and stuff like that as well. So, but, but that's that's you a know, different some... family sort of 
vibe. Vibe, yes. Hey, it's the vibe, man. Uh, get back to the castle. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, the, the Chinese <clears throat> greens are to be pretty much used pretty much that day. So I remember it's you often talk about when you have beans and you go, ah, oh, those machine harvested beans, they'll fall over in a day or so. Yes. But you get my beautiful beans that are hand-picked, they'll last longer. Same with these cabbages. If you want to keep a cabbage for a while, um, yeah, the European-style Savoy now, we've got the, the John seal of approval on that one. Get that because it's nice and sweet. We want a little bit of normality in this report, so how about we say... We're getting into autumn. Um, I just came in the uh, over there where uh, the eggs are and stuff. There's a guy doing chestnuts. Yeah, I, someone told me they were going to start up. Yeah, um, yeah. So that if they're here, that's good because we'll get the beautiful smell wafting over I this love way. That smell. It, it's beautiful. Don't forget if you buy chestnuts and you're going to roast them either in the oven or <laughs> under the grill, you've got to crack them. If not, they go ba-boom. Ba-boom. Um, and, yeah. they, and they leave this powder all over the oven. Yeah. Or, or I've actually done them over an open... We've talked about this before. Over an open fire um, with this guy, patriarch of the house. You know, come on, we cook, the, uh, we cook the chestnuts. And he was like some thrill seeker and he didn't score them. I think he's just <laughs> testing me out. You know, an Italian testing another person out. But they were to go, boom, and there's just this cloud. And we go, ooh. <laughs> yes. While we were uh, having a whiskey, though. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good fun at the time, but if you get one on the nose or one in the eye, you know, <laughs> we did it to a mate and it landed yeah, on his nose. You, yeah, right. you know, and, and his nose blew up and it went big and red. It was very funny, it still is, but try not to do it. Yeah, right. It, it's mean. It's it, mean, it, it, it's terrible, yeah. but oh, we but laughed. It's funny. We laughed. Yes. We laughed. All right, but, so autumn, I saw the first persimmons come in. Yeah, I saw some down there, 12 bucks a kilo, the mm. Fuji variety. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I, I was going to steal one, and I said, nah, better not, because I've got so much other fruit around, it's not funny. Mm. But later on, when they're a little bit cheaper, we'll buy the ugly ones, because the ugly ones, like I say, they're always on the outside of the plant, they've got more sun. Yes, they've been scratched by the leaves, big deal, we still eat the skin and all. Mm. So we'll have a feast with them. Um, what do you feast with them with? So I, I, I normally work this out for years. Well, what they go with? Normally, I eat them on on their own. I just rub the um, the natural coating off or wash it off, whatever, and crunch into them like an apple. Mm. I saw one of the cooking shows the other day. She sliced the persimmon and made a uh, fennel salad and put the two together. What do you reckon? Sweetness um, with the aniseed, yeah. 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 olive oil. Look, if she's doing it, it must work. So, but then again. Different strokes for different folks. Do you blanch the? Do you with the fennel? Would you blanch that a bit, or you just do it? No, and she the, put the vinegar on the it salt. and let the vinegar and that do and that. Salt? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So the salt is going to yes. draw out the moisture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd probably want to dress the fennel first. Yes, that's what she did. She dressed and, the fennel and leave it for about 15, 20 minutes. And then she cooked the meat. She had. Oh no, she had tuna. She had some meat, something out of the pan with it. You know what? And I have found it goes it. well with it. And we'll move on because it's a pretty niche sort of thing, really. Um, but smoked chicken. Yeah. Smoked chicken and that it, it yes. links, links well. Um, what else is around that's... But there, uh, there's an abundance of everything. So, well, there is. You know, I mean, look at all the bloody stone fruit. The stone all the fruit stone fruit amazing. still here. Six million of those dragon fruit. Uh, why would you believe? Bananas. Well, 450 is not really dear, but... Um, and, and all the pears and apples. And, and then when you look on our side, the veggie side... 
Uh, everyone wanted to make sauce this week, so we sold all the ripe tomatoes. We've only got nice. everything. Everything. Everyone yeah. was desperate. Yeah. Um, just, no, we've still got beautiful salad tomatoes here. We've got the heirlooms. Um, actually, I want you to describe this. All right, what do you got? He's getting, oh, these green. I saw these green things. It's like a, uh, it's like a green zebra mixed with a uh, rouge de maman because it's got the so it's got the green stripes, but it's got the ridges of a yes. uh, rouge de maman. Am I getting good at yes, describing yes, these yes, things? Definitely, definitely. You've taught me well, John. The, the color, the, the color, is so oh, inviting. Okay, so it's a couple different um, types of green. There's a very light green, almost going to a chartreuse color. A little bit of yellow in there. And then there's sort of these flecks of dark green that start from the calyx working their way down. Oh, also the bottom too. Yeah, like, like a zebra. So what and are you going to do with that? Well, I might... It's green. I, I might take it home and slice it up. And for me to say that, that's unusual. Because, you know, I only eat red tomatoes. I can yeah. tell my customers, you want them green? Tell me how green, because I'll get them for you. But th this... I think may even be a little bit pink inside, so mm. we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll have a little bit of an experiment. I it's sliced some capicolo and bacon, my own homemade bacon the other day. So I got some fresh ciabatta and a uh, little tomato. Stop it. And we'll okay. be in heaven again. Uh, not again. again. Hey, you know, and, and you could go the um, uh, southern USA thing, uh, fried green tomatoes. So well, it's strange you, you should say that because... Um, I had a, an older Italian chef come along and bought two kilo. Mm. And I said, what are you going to do with them? Are you going to make a sexy salad? He said, no, I'm going yeah. to fry them. I said, what, American style? Yeah. <laughs> you should have seen what he, the way he looked at me. He said, I'm Italian. Hey, you hey. should know that. What do you, so the way you would do that, if you're going to do that in the USA style and maybe the Italian style, is you slice them up and you would dredge them in polenta or cornmeal, that's one way to do it, and then you fry them up immediately and the cornmeal sort of sticks and you get a, large, a little crust on it and salt, pepper, a little bit of vinegar. Got to put some olive oil on there, I guess. And don't garlic, you? don't forget the garlic. Oh, the garlic. Yeah. Oh, you can actually fry the garlic first. Yeah. Actually, you could do it like a dry pasta. You know when you slice the garlic really, really thin and then you put it in the oil you sort of simmer the garlic so that the... The, the garlic gives out the flavour to the oil. But and don't then, burn it. Don't burn it, otherwise it's ruined and you walk away with tears. But then you take it off, you strain that off, put that to the side, and then you garnish that on the top. That would be good. Yes, or Maybe even with a batter. I've had them done in a batter. It was strange to mm. think about it, but it worked. Mm. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, this guy said he was going to fry them Italian style, so probably in a little bit of polenta and that. Yeah. But, yeah, the possibility is endless, but I'm going to eat it raw, so... Well, I'll give you a report next time. All right. Um, you know, we got beautiful big cauliflowers there for five bucks. We got yeah. Savoy that we talked about. We got salad mixes and that. That was another thing. All the all the salad mixes and that in the bags had probably been in the bag for a week in the supermarket had sold out. Yeah. Um, you know, we turn our stuff over every day. That's the beauty of the market. Mm. Even though some people have got fridges, it's just to put a chill in the veggies, not to store it for a week. Mm. So... Um, Anything you buy is fresh. Um, You've got parsnips, it, I see. They're, they're parsnips. That I had one the other day. It's not as big as the one in the photo on our Instagram, but yeah. I was think it was coming close to the kilo. What's, uh, what's, what's your Instagram again, just for people to know? Tomato City QVM. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, um, yeah, but you've uh, yeah. parsnip, yeah. And um, the lady bought it. She's going to go home and make parsnip chips. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. slice them in a thin strips like a crisp. And that's when you've got to watch out for. They'll burn really quickly too. And that's... Um, yeah, but... But, it, but they're beautiful. But even when you put that little bit of dark brownness into them, they're crunchy and mm. beautiful. Mm. And they don't suck up the oil either, so you can do it. All right, look, we're going a little bit over time... Um, today but I think it's kind of important we just have a bit of a chat and just as I say a little bit of normality to everybody's yeah, lives. Yeah life goes on guys and yeah. it is this panic buying's crazy yeah. I feel sorry for the oldies that can't get out early in the morning to buy their toilet paper my mum is bringing me up saying oh, I've been twice I can't find it I said, don't worry mum we'll work it out you know life goes on there there's plenty out there plenty of everything so yeah. you know yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go near that one. Um, yeah, let's do it. Pick of the market. What's what's? Everything's great. It looks everything looks amazing. Really, it is. Uh, the only thing that was short again this week was still mushrooms. Yeah. We had some Swiss browns Thursday and Friday, but Why is couldn't there a get any more. Well, what's a couple of the growers had financial difficulties and um, closed down for a little while. Mm. Another one had a virus in a room. And also, even though they're grown inside, mushrooms can still be season, seasonally seasonal, seasonal. Um, seasonal and that um, supply-wise. But we'll get back to normal again. Um, there's a lot of the imported mushrooms around if you game. I'm not. Um, but, yeah, get into it. Oh, what can I say? I, I think I've got a hankering for another omelette, so I'm going to take my life into my own hands again. And take a, a few beautiful zucchinis that are grown locally. And make a suggestion to Franco. And make a suggestion. And, um, and yeah, and I saw she had some beautiful chicken schnitzel. So an omelette and a bit of schnitzel would be nice. Sounds good. Salad on the side? Yeah, definitely, what mate. What sort? Oh, a lot of radicchio, a lot of salad onion. And I've got some um, twin packs of green oak and red oak growing side by side. Whoa! Yeah, they're gorgeous. From the garden? From the garden, oh, I wish it was from my garden. This, these, I bought these, but they're fresh, fresh. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to pick some green radicchio from Mum's garden. Whoa, 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 did you say green radicchio? Yeah, it's a Roman leafy radicchio. It's not a closed one like the red one we sell. That's like the Trevizo. No, it's, no, it's leafy. It looks like a cos. It's very, very leafy. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll bring you some. Or take a photo of it and send I'll it send to you. I'll send you a photo and I'll it bring on that you some. Instagram thing that you can buy about. the seeds in the shop and, and it grows really well in the backyard. All right. Um, well, look, um, as this goes on, um, we will talk. And we will talk about what's for dinner. And we will talk about how we use things. And we will talk about the fact that we have this market here that is you're supporting farmers. We're Definitely. supporting the community. We're giving fresh food um, with the relationship that you've built over the years with lots of people. And the sun will always rise. Always. And if it's bad for five minutes, it's always going to get better. We're just so lucky here. Mm. Um, and people forget that. So, you know, get out there, do what you've got to do, get on with it. And pick the eyes out and of the market. And pick the eyes out of the market. Because right. there's just so much... It's sometimes embarrassing to see how much stuff's around. You know, you can have Chinese one day, Italian another day, Anglo one day. You name it, we've got it all. And the meat as well. La dolce vita. La dolce vita. See you, John. See you. Have a lovely day.
Sing along with the sting. I don't know if I'm supposed to do that, am I, Matt? Whatever happened to that guy, Gordon Ramsay? I don't know. Gordon Ramsay. Never heard of him Speaks again. Speaks highly of you. Does he? Yeah. Marco <laughs> Pierre White made him cry. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, somebody who can make you cry just because of the deliciousness of the drink that she will create for you. We have Trish Brew on the line. Trish, hi. Cam Smith, how are you this fine Sunday? Oh, I'm better for hearing you, although we might have a little bit of a problem with that line. You might want to um, get up and walk around uh, the, oh, yeah. your your place of imprisonment, I've, I've heard you were talking about. That's right. That's absolutely right. Can you hear me now? Yeah, am what I, do you think? I... I'm, I'm going to look at Matt. Matt's going thumb, so we're going, yeah, that's all right. Okay. Yeah. So what happened? Well, I'm on quarantine. Oh, bloody hell. And I actually, Chris, before we go any further, I've got Beck Hornsby on my right-hand shoulder, our program manager, going, dude, Radio 101, you really need to properly introduce the guest. So I'm going to do that right now. Okay, Beck, so you, if you are listening, um, this is Trish Brew. She is, uh, was a big part of Gin Palace, uh, one of the great uh, places of good hooch. Uh, that you could get in in the city, uh, but also now the brand ambassador for Fever Tree. And my name's Cam Smith, Matt Steadman over here. You're listening to Eat It. Tick, tick, tick. Uh, what happened? You got quarantined. I did get quarantined, absolutely. I, um, I actually uh, saw an event, which was an amazing event. It was a, it was a big one uh, for the whiskey community, and unfortunately... Oh, were those there whiskey people. That- Oh, I know, right? But I love that they're always early. So we drank a lot of delicious highballs, fever tree, of course. But unfortunately, there was someone who um, was traveling a bit and they were confirmed coronavirus. And so quite a few people in that uh, industry are now in lockdown with me. So we've had a lot of laughs this week and lots of silly photos and how to keep yourself sane. Yes. Um, but I mean, you know, you said I was Jim Palace, and that's kind of how I know you. So funny that I'm not talking to you over a bar. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but it's, um, I mean, that was kind of, uh, now I think about it, I uh, spent so much time in that basement bar that, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> well, it, well, we talk about, you know, uh, the, the velvet cage, and uh, they don't come more velvety or, or you know, uh, well, how do we put this? With uh, Vernon, it was uh, such a debaucherous little dungeon, that one. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Like, you'd never see the sun out. It was just it's very, very crazy. But, um, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. I spent, like, eight and a half years there, and now being in quarantine, I'm like, Oh, it's really nice. I'm on ground level, you know. I can see I'm the sun. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's 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 kind of a, a good thing. Now we've only got, um, unfortunately, we haven't really got a lot of time. But the one bit of homework that I did set for you, yes. and I hope that we can maybe at some stage we do this live again. And I know that Matt McConnell. Uh, from Barlarinia, who was on previously, was spewing that he wasn't in there and you weren't in there to uh, to have some of these beautiful uh, concoctions that you do. But mm. your, you, the homework was to just whip up something absolutely delicious. And I thought maybe to give people just a wee bit of hope and also something to make <laughs> their brain warm, um, give us a, your advice on whipping up something delicious for the afternoon. Well, absolutely. I can't wait to do this, and maybe uh, Matt and I can do a little tasting menu together to <laughs> indulge your sensory experience. But uh, with the current corona, 
crisis, um, maybe it's like uneasy for people to go to public spaces. Um, so I've devised a couple of DIY cocktails I think would be really fun that you can use from the ingredients that you have at home. And, you know, it's super important. Um, I'm really lucky that I'm quarantined with my amazing bartender housemate, so we're having a great time. <laughs> so we came up with you? a couple of... I know. Yeah. So we came up with a couple of um, uh, ideas we were making over the last uh, week. So we've got... Um, I was thinking like an espresso martini. So we've got coffee at home. So we've got a little bit of a instant coffee or an espresso, like a strong shot. Yep. Any kind of white spirit will work totally fine. Yep. And to make sugar syrup uh, to your taste, you can do equal parts. You can even eyeball it. Uh, sugar to water ratio. One to one, that yep. Is, yeah, exactly. One to one, and you can have a delicious Nespresso martini. Great to nutmeg or cinnamon or anything you have for baking in your pantry would be absolutely perfect. What's and the ratio of the uh, the white spirit to the, to the coffee, Trish? Well, when in doubt, equal parts, and then add more alcohol. <laughs> so, Sorry, I would probably say... Excuse me, folks, yeah. <laughs> 45 mils of white spirit vodka or yeah. anything you've got, or 30 mils of um, really strong coffee, 30 mils of vodka, 30 mils of color, any of those coffee liqueurs that you've got at home. Everyone's got one. Yes. Like, let's be honest. And um, that's just really easy. So, But equal parts works, very strong coffee, shake it, stir it, put some milk in it, you'll have a really delicious coffee cocktail. Boom. That's the one. Okay, Boom. we've got uh, two minutes for you to tell us the, the next one. Well, the next one, so everyone loves a G&T, right? Hopefully you're using yeah. Fever Tree Home because Fever Tree is the best. Hashtag mix it best. Um, and, and, and hashtag you guys got in early, as Matt and I were saying. So you were one of the, the very, very first to have a quality tonic in the gin. So tick and absolutely. over to you, Trish. We pioneered this and I love it. And so Fever Tree is awesome. So a big fancy gin and tonic. So go get yourself a case from Dan Murphy. Dan Murphy's deliver. So just order a case online. That's what yes. I'm doing. Go on. Get your, get your Fever Tree. Get your favourite gin at home. Put any of those wilting herbs that you're not using. Um, anything from your back garden. Like I had a little baby strawberries growing with my housemates recently. Put a couple of those in there. If there's like a little bit of spice in the gin, yeah, put some cinnamon in there. Ooh. You can have a really big fun gin and tonic in a big wine glass. Yeah. You know, you can order online ice nowadays, so get some ice at home and have a really good party. <laughs> uh, it sounds good. Now, uh, you and your bartender friend that you you share with, um, yeah. were you into the 11s or the, you know, did you start early? Did we start early? Yeah, today. As in drinking? Yeah. Oh, no, we're still going from last night. That's why you can hear some pep in my voice. Ah, that's it. Okay. And, uh, well, um, no doubt you are sitting on some fine booze at your your place. Um, Trish? Definitely some fine mixes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I can imagine you've got probably a mountain of mixes. I've got a whole fridge full of fever trees. So, guys, if you're quarantined, maybe we should have a lock-in at my house. I don't know. Just sounds, just sounds good to me. Trish, thank you for joining us. Look forward to seeing you in person in the not-too-distant future. Thanks, Cam. Appreciate it. See you soon. Thank you. That was Trish Brew from Fever Tree. Uh, it is 12.59. We are about to head off yeah. into the early afternoon. Lots of great things to listen to this afternoon. I mean, it's, it is. It's like this, the afternoon shows on this station, it's like wearing 
your favourite flannel shirt yeah. or your favourite jumper. You're wearing if, that right now. I am wearing That's why <laughs> I, I used that whole thing of flannel shirt. Maybe that's this is a comfort shirt. Yeah. Um, what have I got next week? Cameron Russell. Yes. Uh, the man we were talking about. He's going to talk about mushrooms, More mushrooms. and pasta. We're over time. Matt, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Cam. Neil Morris is up next in Studio 3 with Still Here. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 